Get ready for non-stop action. Get ready for non-stop excitement. They're doing the job possibly nobody wants. Watching every canon film and analyzing them. To death. Frank Garcia Hale. Jeff Garlock in The Canon Canon. Wait, is it Tarl or Carl? Welcome to The Canon Canon. My name is Jeff Garlock. And I'm Frank Garcia, battling a sinus infection. Hail. My voice is going to be fun for this episode. And I should have said also, I am Jeff Garlock, <laughs> recovering from food poisoning. Oh Garlock. We're oh, going man. through it. We're just men. We are a mess. <laughs> of of, a, of a, a certain age, just going through it. Our bodies oh, being like, you suck. Are you Ray Romano or Scott Bakula? Because we are definitely <laughs> men of a certain age. Hey. I'm sitting here. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> I am basically sitting on a, the equivalent of a hernia pillow <laughs> to help out my tired butt. Um, but, oh, great segue by just using the transition word, but. Yeah. Um, uh, this is, of course, the Canon Canon, where we are the podcast where we talk about all of the Canon films and all of their crazy, crazy films. And today is no exception. Woofer, doofer, boofer. This one, <laughs> this one, you know, Frank, I don't know if again it's because maybe you've had the same experience. If you were battling your sinus infection, I was recovering from food poisoning. It's not that I had a hard time getting through this one, but this is one of the ones that very recently, I, more so than others, I was falling asleep during a fair amount yeah. and just let it happen. Like, and would notice, and maybe we'll see it in my notes even, that there was like, <laughs> I'd be like, there's patchiness in my notes and I'm not sure I care enough because I get the gist, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. I'm just going to let gore be gore because baby... That's what we're watching today. That's right. Gore. It gore. should have been call, called The Buns of Gore. Oh, really should have. <laughs> there are buns everywhere. I mean, it is, it's a, it's it's an oddly sensual but not at all movie, and yeah. we'll get into that, uh, <laughs> along with the background of this fucking movie, which, I, again, I, we've talked about, I like to now do it, like, read the stuff after, mm-hmm. like, do my prep after. So when I read about it after if i don't know about it this one i was like oh okay Mm -hmm. this makes more sense (laughs) this is what's going on um i mean also to be a jerk there are definitely times where it could be gore didn't you mean bore or (laughs) didn't you mean snore on the couch Uh uh-huh uh, but there are a couple of variations, but we're going to get into it. We're going to get into the the backstory and all that crap about gore. First off, just want to say again, thank you to anyone who has signed up to our Patreon. Uh, thank you to everyone who's been sharing about our Patreon. Um, we appreciate when uh, Patreon members are sharing and letting people know, hey, join in this Patreon. You've got fun things going on at patreon.com backslash the canon canon first canon has two ends. Uh, I personally would love more people join that Patreon just because yes. I, 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 I it, it, look, I just want people to appreciate the fun things we're throwing in there. And I want more people getting on board with that early early could have been a canon episode which i mm-hmm. believe we're going to be 
Now, at the reco- at the time of recording, it will have come out in the past. <laughs> but if I'm getting my timelines correct, but maybe I'm not because we are not good at planning. That is the yep. Canon Bros model. Uh, but it the first early could have been a Canon, I believe, will have been released. Yes. Into the wild. Into the and main, now, yeah. Into the mainframe. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, enter the Matrix, brother. <laughs> <laughs> and, and listen to our latest episode. Uh, but also, there already is a new could have been a canon that has been released early that uh-huh. you should be checking out if you join our Patreon. And we would appreciate you more than anything in the entire world. Uh, because also, Frank, I've real we are coming. We're we're coming up close on our year. Yeah, I think we're almost at a year of doing this. I mean, oh. we've been recording since November of 2019. Yes, but officially released the episodes uh, very soon. Yeah, which is crazy. Uh, yeah, got a lot of anniversaries coming up for the world. Not all of them fun. Nope. But some of them are fun, like Canon Cannon starting. Uh, but so, yeah, go to patreon.com backslash the Canon Cannon. We would love to have you there and help us support uh, us watching both uh, the classics and then also gore. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> because also, we need a Patreon, Frank, to help us out to get through possibly the mental burden that we're going to have to watch a sequel. <laughs> To this movie is what I realized halfway through. (laughs) Yeah, well, the sequel I've seen already. I didn't realize until after the fact. I because MST3K did the sequel. I'm so glad you brought this up, Frank. Yeah, because this was what like halfway through watching Gore, I was like, "Is this? Is this the first? Because we love canon films, and we uh, we say it all the time. We do not watch any of these things ironically." We don't want to watch bad movies, quote unquote. We don't have much of an interest in that. Um, this was one of the first ones where I was like, is this one of the first that reaches the level of, oh, right, this definitely is an MST3K movie? Yeah. I think it is. I yeah. think it was like the first one where I was like, oh, I can't make a lot of excuses for this one. It's just a MST3K level movie. Yeah. I, I, because at first I was like, this feels familiar. Right. And I was like, I was like, I know I've seen this. So I was like, this must be an MST3K. And then I looked up, uh, and sure enough, the the sequel is an MST. I remember seeing it because he goes back with his friend, who's like this kind of like womanizer type of you know oh, comedic uh, foil. Hey, um, oh, I just yeah, I want to say like yeah, it's a great episode of MST3K. But also Tony Farina left us a comment. Uh, oh, because what we do what did is Tony we, say. What we do is we usually uh, post ahead of time. Well, at least we try to post ahead of time of what movie we we're are watching. the candid bros. I yeah. mean, let's not go crazy. With our- <laughs> we try to post ahead of time what movie we're going to be talking about before we record it. So if you want to share your thoughts on the movie, you can do that. And uh, our good friend Tony uh, said, I have never seen this one. The poster makes it look like John Carter, Red Sonia, and Kroll had a three-way, and this is the baby. I am on the hunt to find it now. So we watched it on Amazon Prime. Yep. Um, and It's you, a classic you... Amazon Prime. Can't even get around to putting a real poster up. Yep. Like, as an image. Just going to be that tiny little font that just says gore. It almost looks like The Secret. You know, like the 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 cover <laughs> yes. of that movie, The Secret. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's uh, awesome. But anyway... 
Yeah, a lot of canon films are uh, are up like that. But yeah, they are. Yeah, it, it, you're right, Tony, that it looks like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but oh, baby, uh, it's oh, it's baby. as flat as some of the butts that you see in this movie. <sighs> Tell me about it. Yeah, man. I mean, that is the thing. Is like when you grew up watching MST3K, you start to realize it's like, yeah, it gets me. Like it's the best show ever. So funny. But also, especially as you get older and you start to get deeper and deeper into, you know, really wanting to watch genre stuff, you realize that, you know, most of the MST3K movies, you don't completely want to watch them without fucking Joel and Crow and Tom Servo. (laughs) And that they're just not good, like, especially when you are a man of a certain age. You only have so much time and you're just like, what am I doing with my life doing (laughs) watching this sometimes? I mean, even last night, my I, 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 my my kid, it was taking him forever to go to sleep. And my wife was in there tucking. I texted her. I was just like, I got to start gore because I am <laughs> falling asleep and yeah. I already have bad feelings about it. Like, I'm just like, I just don't have faith it's going to keep either of us interested yeah. enough. Um, and yeah, I, I, I was I was kind of blown away. And maybe it's because I think this is a distribution one, but it got a full Canon logo, but like it, so it's, I don't know. There, and there's it's a Canon cheap, International. And it's Canon International. So there's a cheapness level to it, I think is the thing. Like, yeah. I, I, I love low budget filmmaking. I'm not sure I love cheap filmmaking. Um, yeah. That might be the distinction that's, I'm realizing now. That's funny. That is definitely a difference. That's so funny that you mentioned that. Low budget versus cheap filmmaking. I think that's a, a huge distinction there. It is a wild, di- like it's like, and and there are, uh, uh, there are certainly like super cheap movie like that that do work kind of like, um, uh, oh, damn, what is that freaking? I'm blanking on the. There's the action movie with Jim Brewer. It'll come to me later. I thought you there were going like to say Jim Brewer. <laughs> There's this great Instagram from Jim Brewer where he's got a lot of great <laughs> insights about COVID. Um, uh, uh, no, it'll come to me later. It, it's killing me what it is. He's like a metal guy. It's either way. It's like an action. Oh, Deadbeat by Dawn. Okay. Deadbeat by Dawn is like super like cheap and works for me. It has a heart to it. Um, but there is just a level of like, there's a difference between we're shitting out a bunch of movies but we're, we're we're finding a way of like kind of stretching the budget and making some art in there. Yeah. And then there's gore. Like there's just yeah. like there's like that level. And yeah, I yeah. I'm glad that it took me 42 years to realize that cheap is just the thing I'm not looking for. <laughs> well, I couldn't even find the budget for this, but I there's a gross. Okay. So so let's do some facts in here. This is an 87, I yeah. think. Too too late for that. That's a, I'll say even with that date, surprised it was that late. Like yeah. eighty seven. It feels like should be eighty three, eighty two. It some probably reason. got filmed in eighty three or whatever. That's and possible. <laughs> got released because like uh, so Gore, aka John Norman's Gore, um, mm-hmm. came out February nineteen eighty seven. That's the other thing. It doesn't have a specific date other than May 9th at Cannes Film Festival, um, right. and it was directed by Fritz Kirch. And the budget I could not find. The gross was a hundred and fifty nine thousand. Yeah, so it did great. Yeah, uh, yeah it didn't. So uh, at Box Office Mojo, there's two hundred and twenty six movies that are listed for this year, and it did not chart at all. 
not surprised. Not like that's like, yeah, it totally makes sense to me. Um, and we yeah. covered 1987 before. Uh, I, I'll kind of go through this quickly. Beverly Hills Cop 2, Platoon, Fatal Attraction, The Untouchables, Three Men and a Baby, The Secret of My Success, Stakeout, Lethal Weapon, The Witches of Eastwick, and Predator. And we covered all the, there's like 12 canon movies that came out this year too. So, yep. yeah. Um, I think, I mean, you know, so this is, it. it you know, I, I, I think they maybe made back their budget. Definitely got to be like lower. I mean, I would guess a lot of the budget went to Oliver Reed. Yeah. Like getting <laughs> him in there and surprise Jack Palance. Um, yeah. He's the, like, the big bad yeah. of the second movie. Right. And they do set that up and that's kind of fun. Cause throughout the whole movie, I'm like, where the fuck is Jack Palance? Yeah. Like could not. F- and then I got a name wrong and I was like, Oh, he looks much younger than I thought. <laughs> I thought it was Oliver Reed's second in command, but then oh, I was yeah, like, no. Oh no, what am I talking about? That's Jack Palance. Um, that guy looked like the, the guy from UHF, uh, who was, uh, the son. Oh yeah. You know, you know what I mean? Yes. The, of the, the Dad! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I thought yeah. that was the same guy. Wouldn't be surprised. Um, uh, so yeah, the, so it's directed by Fritz Kirsch, um, George Keith Fritz Kirsch. Uh, the main thing we would know him from is he directed Children of the Corn. Um, you know, a classic, ooh, I like Children of the Corn, and then you watch it and you're like, I like the kind of vague concept of Children of the Corn. I don't really like want to watch it. I like it just fine, yeah. I like it just fine. It's definitely in a I like it just fine category. And I remember the some- sequels being just like, totally like watching it with my cousins and stuff and we're like this is bad but it's fun (laughs) yeah it's insane that there's like five to eight of them or whatever it is like urban harvest um the biggest thing i'll well the two big thing three big four big things about children of the court to me are you know you got the dude the main dude who was in 30 something Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and is also the lead in this movie with, I believe, starred C. Thomas Howell called Side Out. Uh, that was a made-for-HBO movie where it was about, like, C. Thomas Howell as a business or lawyer, student, like, student in college who wants to become a volleyball player. Like, oh. and then, so he learns from this professional volleyball player who's played by that guy, Linda Hamilton, of course. Yeah. Uh, we love you, Linda. But then uh, the dude... Who's the redhead? Who's Malachi? Or uh, the redheaded kid is yeah. from uh, Can't Buy Me Love, where uh-huh. he yells, You shit on my house, uh-huh. uh, and is also uh, in The Burbs, which is a perfect oh, yeah. movie. Uh, yeah. He's the kid in Burbs. I came with the frame. Um, and then the, the main kid, I think, is that Malachi or not? I can't remember. But the main Children of the Corn leader is in a Highway to Heaven episode. <laughs> That Frank, as a child, <laughs> gut wrenching, yeah. tore my soul apart. He plays a, uh, he plays a mentally challenged homeless child. Okay, and he ends up getting adopted by this like rich family, and he's got a pet cat, and he he talks like this. It's like it's like my sister rides the bus, like yeah. Rosie O'Donnell level, oh simple Jack sort of acting. Yeah. 
and he's just he gets in trouble for stealing cat food for my cat needs food <laughs> like oh, no. it is so and like michael landon comes in to help him out and helps him convince the family to adopt him but like as a child i wept all the time so it's hard watching show the court because it's just as a you trigger think about to me. that yeah oh i think about that poor homeless well, kid anytime you think of that just think about how michael landon was a huge bastard behind the scenes that's what i do need to remember <laughs> just, <laughs> just a real piece how... of fucking shit <laughs> exactly <laughs> with his long flowing hair the main thing i remember about michael landon is he was in a book my brother had because he was left-handed called Called famous left-handers where they would draw caricatures of them and his head was so big and his <laughs> hair was so huge but the biggest thing they attribute to him was that he made a made-for-tv movie about a girl who bedwets up until she's in high school okay. and i remember the caricature was him mopping up urine <laughs> from this bed oh, it was boy. like him and yuri geller were who were the made ones i remember um, <laughs> bended spoons in yuri his geller that's the kind of like we we're talking about mst3k that's the kind of like reference i would be like i'd laugh at but i'd be like i don't know who yuri geller is but it's funny hundred yeah. percent it's a funny name like also Fuzzy would be Zeller like too yeah <laughs> yeah i did not know really who mcleod was even though it was my favorite joke until i realized the show mcleod mm-hmm. it's also like i just started watching the the old the old muppet show with my kid and i oh, yeah like, Every episode, I'm like, it's on movie night. I'll convince him he wants to watch the episode I want to watch. So I was like, you probably want to watch the Paul Williams episode, right? <laughs> You're a big Harvey Corman head. This. Uh, but yeah, it's just really funny listening to him go like, there's a Paul Williams pup Muppet. And I'm like, yeah, you get it. Um, but uh, so yeah, Children of the Corn. And then it was, uh, you know, written by a couple people. But the main thing we want to talk about is, as you mentioned, so this was based off of, loosely based off of, a 1966 fantasy novel called Tamsman of Gore, uh, written by John Frederick Lang Jr. under his pen name John Norman. Uh, and there's also a sequel to this movie, Outlaw of Gore. But there, so like, so basically, my basic looking up. Where I was like, do I have to read the gore books? No, there's like 29 of them. Yeah, there's an insane amount of gore books. So like, so this guy was like, it's unclear what type of philosophy guy he was. I think he's kind of in the uh, 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 Frank Hurt. No, who fucking wrote Conan? It's almost like he, it seems like his philosophy is like a modern barbarianism, but like his philosophy that comes in these books seems to be about this basic idea of uh, that it's erotic and philosophy mixed and that like women need to be sexually abducted and brutalized because then we will be free. So it's this weird, like, yeah, it's like the- It's like Drudowski, ugh. Yeah, a little bit. And so, and but the weird part is it, so it became apparently, which and then I'm like, do I have to go down this rabbit hole? There's a Gorian subculture. Yeah. That is on like Reddit E world that's based off of the Gore, the Chronicles of Counter Earth novels that is like interwoven with BDSM online Reddit culture. Which, again, as far as I can tell, is about that, like, if women are subjugated, they will actually be free, which feels like a real one-sided philosophy. Yeah. I mean, look, it's all about consent. Yeah. It's about consent. 
if, if that's your bag, then and you're consenting to it, by all means. But there is something about that does that doesn't sound exactly uh, level. No, it just it feels. Uh, I don't know. It feels like a philosophy version of like. To me, when I saw the Weather Underground documentary for the first time, especially being in a band that sang about the Weather Underground, like revolutionary movement and the non-monogamy philosophy they had. And then you had the one dude in it who was one of the main guys who was just kind of like, yeah, I don't know. I just kind of wanted to fuck a lot of girls. And I'm just like, oh, okay, so that's why you you made it this like loftier idea. And yeah, it feels like a creating, a, I don't know, in a very, very, very base research level, there was a bit where I was like, I'm sure people very into the Gorian subculture would argue with this. And I don't know enough. We're not ones to speak on this. We are men of a certain age. But uh, yeah, it just felt like a. It, it, there's a very uh, possibility that it is a philosophy created to justify, yeah, I just wouldn't mind having women slaves. Uh, yeah. Which... When you all of a sudden are like, wait, what? That's the baggage of gore? Yeah. <laughs> like, both makes sense and it's just like, what is going on with gore? <laughs> like, made it more confusing and less confusing all at the same time as a movie, I would say. I mean, they do go into that kind of, but sort not of, really. But it's, it really is like... I <laughs> well, because the weird part is like I would I I here's like there was a realization many times in this where I was like how can a movie have so much exposition <laughs> and I'm still confused about what exactly is going on yeah okay let's talk about this because the homestones what okay. the fuck do they do other than like get him home. Like, cause every, he's every, like every, uh, like village or whatever has these homestones as we find out towards the end when they try to, uh, encounter theirs, but right. it's like, but what purpose does the homestone serve for them other than him? That's why I'm like, oh, Jeff, don't do it. But do, will I read a Gore novel or two to kind of understand that? Because yeah, even going to wiki, their summary is that the importance of it And it's a little bit to me like one of the problems that people have maybe with like the Dune movie that I don't have because I love it. And I'm the prick who's like, yeah, it's the only David Lynch movie I really like. But um, (laughs) I'm a pain in the ass. Uh, (laughs) But because I just really like Dune. But like they don't completely like Spice is a little ununderstandable in the movie. And there are certain times you could watch and be like, wait, is it just because it just lets you travel? Who is that good for? And yes, I guess it, it it creates the trade routes of the universe in the Dune world. But in this case, yeah, Wikipedia seems to say the Homestone's main purpose is to serve as a portal from Gore to Earth. But I don't know what that serves anyone but Tarl, who yeah. would be our main thing. And maybe Scrum or whatever the frick the name was. Another problem of this movie that we'll probably get into more, it feels like first draft fantasy novel names all throughout it is like i just turned in a children's fantasy story for some gig i might be doing and like even i was feeling for myself where i was like these are just like i'm just pulling from (laughs) the lamest version of what this could be um the morn of tablorn 
Exactly. And, and, and there is a little bit, it's like, I feel like everyone got justified by Lord of the Rings having like Sauron and Saron or whatever yeah. it is. Like where even like when I would first read, it, I'd be like, who the fuck is who? Like all these names sound the same, but yeah, it's like, I, I guess maybe Oliver Reed's character could realize he could use that to maybe conquer Earth, but I don't think they ever get into that. They never so I don't, even address that. All we know is that he's just an opulent guy who yep. likes to collect a lot of shiny things and 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 uh, his proclivities, his sexual proclivities. <sighs> I like how they couldn't even commit to the fact that it's like, like let's have him make out with this woman, but only caress this guy. Like, yeah. just fucking go for it. Like, let him right. make out with this guy, too. Like, if that's what you're trying to go for. But 87 politics, man. You know, if we had Gore right now, uh, he'd be sucking dicks and licking boobs. <laughs> like, But, yeah, like, it did feel like where it's just like, ugh, I mean, half-ass explain yeah. of like that. It's like, oh, okay, he likes everyone. Great. Like, doesn't really. Like, especially now you're like, okay. okay. Yeah. Cool. But then like, it's that's like, one oh, of it's so hedonistic, and it's like... I know. I will make out with both a man and a woman. Ooh. What do you think of that? <laughs> Welcome like, to the erotic zone. It's like, yeah, I mean, that's cool, man. I get all it. Right, Whatever, cool, Whatever yeah. makes you happy. Scrum or yeah, Scrim or Skark. Um, but yeah, I don't <laughs> know what these 3D printed stones that everyone oh seems God. to have. They looked ex- that's that's what it looked like. I was like, what is this texture that it reminds me of? Cuz it it reminded me of like when you get action figures and they come with like a toy. Yeah. And it's got that kind yes. of translucent like, you know, like cheap feeling to it, but like the 3D printer is exactly that's, that's right the cheapness, man. Everyone's got it. Like I mean, all of Scrims and Scrambo's like armor, all those jewels look like they were 3D printed too. Like they all were like like it's like you waited for the moment when Oliver Reed would have someone be like, Psst, just want to let you know, you're just wearing costume jewelry. <laughs> like you got, you got screwed. Like it's like, what? I made a million bucks for this. I paid a million gourd bucks for this. He's oh. like, okay, well then I'm going to take my time with these lines. <laughs> exactly. Oh man. He, I mean, that's the thing. So like, yeah, this movie has Oliver Reed. That's a, the biggest sell to me for oh, Gore. Yeah. Like, I was like, Oliver Reed's in this. Yeah. I love Oliver Reed. He's great. And he will make a meal out of what you fucking give him. Because oh, yeah. this is also 87 Reed. Like, I've brought it up before. I think might have been on the Life Force episode. But there's that book, Hellblazers, that I love. That is about the four big drunks of Hollywood. Like, Peter <laughs> O'Toole, Oliver Reed... Uh, 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 oh fuck! I always forget uh, uh, who the others are. The two others, blanking because I'm moving fast. But, uh, but Oliver Reed was just a crazy, amazing actor and crazy drunk. And there's no way he is not hammered in this movie. Yeah, every scene, all the time. He's got a little. He always had a stockiness to him, but he's definitely got a plumpness to him. That's starting to come out. <laughs> and he's got a ruddy face oh, yeah. that isn't just because he's on the harsh landscape of gore that makes men harsher or whatever the weird bullshit language was in the 20th exposition scene right. that they had. But yeah, like he basically exists to be like, 
you'll forget Scrim Scram exists as a character. And then out of nowhere, it'll just be like, put the camera on Oliver and just let him go for a while. Just let him whisper through most of his dialogue. Yeah. Just, Do you soon die? Just like constantly <laughs> whispering and spitting. And you can you can only vaguely get what he's saying sometimes, but you know it's menacing. Um and hey, man, he throws his all, his drunken all into it as much as he can. And oh, Godspeed yeah. to him. We, I, my we favorite, thank you. My favorite line, he goes, interesting, most interesting. <laughs> I'm, that is, like, if you, if you needed to get a summary of Oliver Reed's acting style in one yeah. sentence, you could sum it up with that. It's the unbelievable burst of energy. Yeah, and then whisper. And, and the whisper. To pull back. Oh, interesting. <laughs> another acting choice he made that I thought was so fucking funny because he did it so many times during that scene, especially, is he kept laughing, like going, ha 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 ha. And he like look around, like to see if anybody else was joining him, but nobody was. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, dude, you keep doing this. Like, nobody's with you. <laughs> A little bit. Those are the moments where I was like, is that Scrim Scram? talking or is that the booze talking you know was oh, that absolutely. oliver reed just starting to lose it and then people yeah. are like just let him do his thing man we'll probably cut that part <laughs> um yeah he's he's making some oliver reed choices and he's great i mean i love him again like he's fucking in burnt offerings he's so good i mean yeah. that's my main one for me is like he is so good at that fucking movie um yeah so I guess like it, uh, classic, we're about a half hour in. The basic summary of what this movie is, there is a professor from Earth in New Hampshire. Yeah. And get this, his name isn't misspelled in the fucking subtitles as car as Tarl. His name Tarl. is Tarl, T-A-R-L. And maybe there's a connection that it's his his whole family always goes back to Gore, so he's got some weird name like that. But and maybe there's a cannon head who can be like, no, 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 that's a classic Welsh name or something. Yeah. But to me, every time they said, I was like, Carl, you mean Carl? He can't be Tarl. Nope, he's Tarl. So he is a professor in something. He's a Gore he's a history. At Harvard. Was that supposed to be Harvard? Did yeah. I miss that? I thought that's what I heard. I thought that said in Wikipedia's New Hampshire, but I don't even oh. know if I, I mean Harvard Maybe. could be right as well. I thought well. he said Harvard, yeah. No matter what, I mean, I would guess Hampshire itself, like Hampshire <laughs> College, because like again, what is he teaching? I don't know about some ring that he's he has. Into, yeah, he's going into like simulation theory and shit, and it's like. What? insane also that that scene is like they they overplay the how bored the class is so much so now if like my knitting. professor started talking about a, a parallel universe and started going into that i wouldn't be bored i'd be like uh okay be the first time that i am paying attention to an actual class like, exactly <laughs> not zoning out knitting socks uh, and just getting ready to go on vacation. But yeah, so Charles teaching this class, oh and apparently what we find out is that he's got this ring from his family, and it connects them to this other world named Gore, and then he ends up on Gore, and basically he just gets trained to be a barbarian and save them from the despot uh, Oliver Reed. Yeah. Um, that's kind of what's going on. It's like a mishmash of every fantasy and sci-fi thing, kind of. Yeah, Um. But- <sighs> It's it's like a sword and sandal thing, yeah, a fantasy thing, but it it it's so flat. 
Like, yes. The action is flat. The Everything is so like... And also, it's like when you do these types of fantasy movies, like you... I mean, there's plenty of eye candy uh, for those sure. who love women. Uh, yes. But usually with these sword and sandal things, you got like a beefcake in there, you know, like an Adonis that you're like kind of like, okay, let's kind of balance it out. Like these uh, Frazetta kind of like godlike yeah. humans. But on this, it's just like you get this weenie who's, you know, from Demons, you know. <laughs> yeah. The actor from Demons. Uh, the, I mean, yeah, Italian that's the actor. best part. Urba yeah. Urbano Barberini. Uh, yeah. who, yeah, in Demons, in Dario Argento's World of Horror, and opera. in Opera. Yeah. So, like, those are big for us, but also, like, yeah. does not make a barbarian. Um, no. uh, and, and, but that's, even the people of Gore are not, no one's no. that jacked. Like, I think that is the cheapness at level. It's like, they couldn't even hire Schwarzenegger's friends. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Like, and so everyone looks kind of dumpy or just skinny. Yeah. Um, and he's just whiny. Um, and, it, and there is some, there is eye candy. So like the, the other main actress is Rebecca Ferrati as Talina, yeah. the daughter of the king of some lands. That's like Sarah Gall or something. Like, I didn't even know. Like, again, all the names sound the same. Yeah. Um, the thing I'll say about her. So she's like playboy model, etc. Miss June, 1986. Miss June 1986, not that we're counting, uh, not that we have those issues uh, back. But, I mean, I'll say, like, you know, I, I sure, I love looking at a beautiful body, but I also was like, that, that her outfit fits so horribly and crazily all at the <laughs> same time. Like, there's just, it was almost like off-putting to constantly just be like, I don't think that's how you wear that leather top. Like, like her breasts were like heaving in an odd way, but more so where I was just like, I just think they're off. Like there's the costume designer got it wrong. So there, there is, there are sexy people in this movie, but I found none of it sexy. Yes. hundred <laughs> percent. It's so never sexy. Sense. Like, which is it, crazy when there's a sexual subculture based around the basic ideas of it. I, yeah. I mean, Talena looks like a prince protege. You know, and yep. uh, that actor also has been in like a lot of stuff. Uh, she was a Playboy playmate, believe it or not, in Beverly Hills Cop Two. What? Uh, she kisses Ned in Three Amigos. Um, she's the sexy woman in Ace Ventura, uh, and she's in Cyborg Three. Uh, oh boy! But then she's also in the Party All the Time video. Uh, she was also in videos for the Gap Band, Motley Crue, Beach Boys, Cheap Trick, Aerosmith, David Lee Roth, Winger, and uh, also the movie Hard Vice, which is a Shannon Tweed movie directed by Joey Travolta. Let's just Ooh. say that I was a little bored by this movie and I did some research. Yes, so you had some time to not pay attention to what you are watching. Yeah, so she's essentially played sexy woman in everything. Yeah. Um, and she again, she she is sexy. Like, uh, it's just like it shows to the cheapness factor where not even costume design could they get it exactly right. Like, it's just a weird, like, everyone's costume is a little bit off. Everyone's yeah. <laughs> costume fits them a little bit weird. Like even the, like that bartender in the weird oh. quote unquote bar, like yeah. the kind of like, I was just like, it's not the, your body's fault. It's like, there's it's something wrong with every choice that they have made. 
For costuming, yeah. For costuming. Like, because even like when it's just the barbarian, it's sometimes it's like, again, you want to get by and shave some bucks off that line budget, but like that main old guy they're following around looks like he's just got like a mini hula hoop around his neck that they painted. Like, it's just like weird yeah. car parts and like, um, it, yeah. It's, just, it's not flattering whatsoever. And just like everybody's butt is just exposed. Everyone's butt is and it's not even like exposed. in a fun, sexy way. It's just, it's just, I don't know. It's also a whole entire movie of is that person naked? No, <laughs> yeah, and not that you're even disappointed. You're just confused by the costumes. Like anytime they got to the women slaves and those dancers, the surprisingly oh, yeah. long dancing routines, I always was sitting there not because I wanted to see them naked, but just like are they. Are there naked people in this bar? Is it supposed to be like a strip joint? And then it'd be like, no, they're always wearing that kind of weird, unflattering string bikini as yeah. well. Like, and, uh, and that that yeah. that other the guy's slave that he that she fights has crimped hair. Yeah, <laughs> like it, it's a different realm of odd cheapness than Alien from L.A. That was the one comparison I maybe had yeah. of like. Like, but like at least Alien Formella, we talked about, like, they do go for a thing and there's like an Australian vibe to yeah. it. This was just like so lackluster in literally every single aspect throughout. And, you know, again, it has its classic canon because, uh, uh, well, we ha- we'd be remiss to not say great canon logo, but also goes with the oddness of this movie. Like, the long canon theme song just gets cut off yeah just goes like dunk like literally like it falls like a thud so they can get to the titles to go into essentially the music is sort of the valiant level crap mixed with but yeah is it superman again i don't (laughs) know i was surprised though that this wasn't a more synth heavy like you know those like farty synth uh, like I horns. thought it was going to be that fir- that beginning the- song, but then surprisingly orchestrated. Yeah. I was surprised by that it was mostly orchestrated because I was expecting like you know right, and maybe that's why also the, like I swear again though it was like is this like the fifth time they've done a variation on like Superman music right. <laughs> like some kind of like because it's also. I think I noted it later for one scene where it's surprising, like how low the music jumps at one point. So because they realize that we have a lot of dialogue here, we shouldn't have this active music, which is surprisingly active for this dialogue heavy scene. Going. Oh yeah. But like, this is one of those movies where there's movies where the music can sometimes be distracting because it's like sort of the Valley and it's got that kind of farty synth sound, but sometimes it's fun and it matches the mood. And sometimes it's a synth heavy and it's the best and it just really fills in the scenes. This is one where the music is unrelenting. It never stops. It never helps the scenes. Never anything, helps the scene. It makes scene. it feel more flat. Yeah. Makes it flatter because there is the one scene where, is this the term? I always get it wrong. It's diegetic. And you realize that the one weird actual poppy song is in playing on his radio Uh, i think diegetic is when it's in the scene yeah Um, yeah yeah. that song is another insane (laughs) song where i was like they write this for this that song was called groovy doll i think because like i think that's what he was saying it's like groovy doll got me in a spell and then it changes time signatures 
halfway through. Also, what's funny about that song is he had it on tape. I was yeah. like, he chose this song. <laughs> he chose to listen to this. Tara loves Groovy Doll. Um, <laughs> he loves Groovy Doll. But yeah, it's unrelenting, but it's what you said. It's like, it. I think it, it doesn't ever help the scene because it feels like it was all written uh, outside of the movie. Yeah. I don't think, I'm guessing they didn't see anything and none of it is like, oh, we need this for this type of scene. It's just is what it is. They had 90 minutes of music. It's a sound library. It's a sound library. It is the most, like, they went to Pond 5 mm-hmm. and typed in medieval sound and yeah. there you go. Um, because it it hardly ever matches. The closest to it matching was the dance scene where it had like a kind of a little bit of a weirder, like almost like syncopated beats. And it was something vaguely interesting, but sometimes you're just like, man, this is bombastic. And this is not a bombastic scene. Like, Oh, there's that crazy music when at one point, of course they hit upon the requisite, uh, quicksand semi out of nowhere. Right. And it's maybe the most untense quicksand scene you've ever seen. I wrote that too. I was like, that was nothing. Yeah. And cuz and you you can't help but think that only because well not only because because of the way it's shot but also because the music is just like and that's supposed to be when like the main knight has come back and is like doing the final battle and instead it's the guy getting out of the quicksand and then going my sword yeah, I gotta my get bag. my my bag. Yeah. Oh yes, I want a sword. My bag. I gotta get my bag. <laughs> yeah, that, that guy. Oh, so man. annoying. The so most annoying, annoying character well, in the fucking movie. <laughs> I would say, arguably, like between the main guy who sounds like a whiny James Urber- <laughs> uh, Urbaniac, Urbaniac, Urb- I think. Urbaniac. Yeah, uh, he sounds like him, but whiny. And then you have that guy who's just like, oh, come on. We're gonna right. this guy's this guy's not gonna help us. Come on, we can't be here. We can't so, be in this this bar. Come on. Oh fine. Give me three meads of warm slugal or whatever that like just made up. Watch your anger. <laughs> That's the thing. Like it's like because like what ends up happening is essentially you've got What I'm saying uh, is I'm glad he died. I'm so glad I mean <laughs> fucking let him burn. Yeah, I don't, well, it's uh, yeah. I I think before we leave Earth, I think two things I would be remiss to not mention because this is definitely one we're going to jump around on. We're yeah. just hitting some main points here. Two things I would be remiss to not mention are uh, one, I guess, like he's got that assistant who I didn't realize was his Beverly. assistant, Beverly, who's like who's just pissy at him because she doesn't like cabins, so she goes off with maybe the bad guy from the Mummy. Um, ah. I think uh, in an early role, uh, who really hovers on being a jerk at Tarl. But oh, the yeah. main thing I noticed, or I didn't notice, my wife is the one who pointed out where she was just like, "Man, they really are all ready to go to vacation." Like she's like, "There's a guy with a surfboard in this class." Yeah. <laughs> like it is like the movie Summer School when they're all <laughs> rushing yeah. out, like and Mark Hamill is trying to get out. Mark Hamill, what's his name? Fuck. Uh, but either way, Mark Harmon. Um, Mark Harmon. Summer School. One of my faves. I love up. Summer School. <laughs> love it so much. I mean, that's where I really learned about Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> like, um, oh, and speaking of uh, hot Italian women. 
Uh, I mean, that Ford Exchange student was one of my first Phantom Tingles <laughs> as a child. Put her on the list of Jeff was liked women. Um, but uh, so, yeah, so that is so. Either way, the last thing I want to say about Earth is, I guess it's just because of the ring, but why did he transport to Gore? He slams his car into a tree because a light in his ring goes off. Right, and it happened to go off at that time because the factors all had to be there. Uh, He had to be inappropriate with his uh, TA, uh, and then she had to say, no, thank you. She had to reject him, go off with an asshole, it had to be raining. He had to be listening to Groovy Doll. He had to hit that exact tree and then poof, like a yeah. magician's explosion. That's how he got transported. Don't you know this, Jeff? You're right. I didn't pick up on I should well, have known. This is classic Now You See Me uh, movie yeah. series magic. Oh, man. The smartest movie of all time. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, God, I could, is there a way I could justify us doing could have been a kid for Now You See Me, a series I'm oddly oh, so enamored with? I would <laughs> love that. So, uh, well, the the other thing, too, uh, well, in the sequel, they they it's pretty much the same thing. They're in a rainstorm, Bart. and they get in a car accident, and they get trans- transported. I mean, my only guess is the homestone was getting moved. Or something. I don't. Yeah, we see, don't understand what the homestone plastic is. So, because when I when I was watching this, I was like, "Oh, the homestone." It's like like he's uh, uh, Oliver Reed is like Thanos. Like he's trying to collect these stones, you know, for right some kind of. But like, no. But no. I mean, he's he's. I wrote down that he's also like the poor man's ash. Yeah, you know, yeah. like and well, that's the thing, Jeff. When he lands, there is a comedic element of like when he accidentally kills those guys. Yeah. I was like, this would be so funny and so cool in the right hands, but yeah. it's done so poorly. And I was like, I love that idea of like, it, I mean, it's basically just Army of Darkness, yeah. you know, but. Which is essentially a knight is, in King Arthur's court. Right. You know, like yeah, the, yeah. Or an Englishman in King Arthur's court. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's just kind of like the circumstances of being like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing, but then people are like, oh my God, this is a hero sent from the heavens. And like, that's yeah. that's great. That's funny. But none of that is executed at all in this. No, they've like vaguely do it. He stumbles. And I thought it was at first going to be, he stumbles into, oh, I have like a born identity, like hidden barbarianism in me. Yeah. But no, it was a mistake. And I was like, okay, maybe it's going to be a mistake. But then it's like so inconsistent, the kind of like, ugh, I need an aspirin. What is this aspirin you speak of? Or right. him blinding the bartender with his calculator <laughs> watch. Like, with his Seiko like, yeah, like his, calculator watch. If there's one thing that's going to save you gore, it's a Seiko. Yeah, Seiko um, saves. Um, uh, but yeah, no, it, none of that is there. It's just like they kind of touch upon it, but not really. And that is a fun theme, but it's not. It just is like he gets it's like a boring guy gets sent to a boring planet. I wrote that down, too. I was like, gorgeous is real boring. Yeah, like, like all it is is the same desert scene. Like, I'm like, I yeah. think I know where that is in L.A., like, sort of thing. <laughs> like, if they shot it here, like... They, yeah, they basically just kind of went out to, like, that place between California, Arizona. And yeah. then they also just, like, went to the Sunset Strip and got, like, a lot of people who were hanging out, like, uh, women who were hanging out there for dancers. And the whiny dude. The dude who doesn't have his bet ba- wants his bag, like, looks like he stumbled out of the Whiskey-A-Go-Go. <laughs> yeah, and he had just true. seen... 
he had just seen Y and T and Rat, <laughs> and like his hair, like at one point was super like either wiggy or just yeah. like he had just teased it up, and he's like the fifth person you see in Decline of Western Civilization Part yeah. Two, the Metal Years, and you're like, oh boy, what happened to this guy? Right. But instead, he's going to Gore and he's screaming about his bang, and I don't want to go into that bar, and I want to do this. Ugh, he can't be a barbarian. Um, but yeah, like it, it, it's, it's so, and, and they are all just like, it's like they picked up all those people from the Sunset Strip and then dropped them off in that area. And then we're like, we're filming it all in this yeah. one location. Every time we go to a new set piece, it's not a new set piece. It's just, we've brought in different people. Nothing yeah. looks different. Except and, for yeah. when they go to Oliver Reed's like, uh, sure. palace. And then I'm like, whoa, this is stark. Like how different yeah. this looks. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so you've got that also mixed with just like some of the most boring fight sequences. Yes. Like, and just like, how could I not care about a fight sequence? Like, honestly, <laughs> like that's crazy. Like not to be that person, but like, this is legitimately one where it's like both the filmmaking and maybe it's the footage they had to deal with. But I was like, this is one where legitimately like the editor did a terrible job. Like, yeah. There's just, like, nothing matches up exactly. I wrote that down. Nothing matches. Like, when that horse with the green tail gets taken down, it's, yeah. like, tiny light throw of the net and then a violent wrong angle slam down of the horse. Yeah. Or, like, when they start throwing rocks from this from the top, there's that one, like, barbarian who gets hit in the head and he just gets hit so lightly and it's like you watch him realize he needs to fall down. And then, like, there's that part even when they win the fight, quote unquote, where you can almost see the director say, everybody cheer. And, like, they're all standing there. And then it's just like, uh. <laughs> dude, I mean, this kind of sums up this part right here. I'm about to say, like, kind of sums up the whole feel of the movie is there's a part where they're walking off and uh, the guy from the Sunset Strip tells the old guy, Hey, can I put this in your bag? They <laughs> ADR'd that. And I was like, why do you need that? Why do you need him to say, hey, can I put this in your bag? It doesn't pay off at all. The, it doesn't come back. Like, that. you felt that was important. If you could see me, if we were people who taped our podcast, my hands went to my head because I got, like, a immediate headache thinking about that scene. Because, yes, like, I was like, why... Why have any of that? Like, it's like you made him into this whiny dude. And I don't know what we need to know that you went out of your way to record after, like you said, Frank, to let us know that he's going to like, I was like, okay, I hope this pays off. He's like, hey, 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 do you have extra room in your backpack? Can I put my gum in there? So like, And also even at the, towards the end with the, the little person who has the uh, bleach blonde hair. Yeah. What's his name? Uh, uh, Again, I want every single name. I want to say, I don't know, Smarl, Smiggle. Like, <laughs> I gave up on names, like, because they all were the like same. Gub or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah, it was Gub. I think it was, was you it might Gub? be right, no, or Hub. Like was it Hub? It was Hub. Yeah. It was a three letter, and I think it was an H. Hup. Let's go with it's Hub. Hup. It's Hub. 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 So, anyway, Hub, like, dangles those keys, and it takes so long to do that scene. He's like, you know, uh, say please, you know, and he's like, and that's that lingers so long. And I'm like, they're about to die, dude. Like, and combined with so, like, every sword was so big, 
but in the cheapest way. It was like every sword looked cumbersome, yeah. but not in a cool, this is a big sword sort of way. You know what I mean? Like it would, they all looked like when we all, as sketch comedians in New York, would go <laughs> to Halloween Adventure RIP yeah. and be like, Ugh, I got to buy a sword. I don't want to pay for the real good one. I'm going to buy the one that doesn't really look like a sword. It's a little bit off. Yeah, it's and like plastic. the weight. Is, yeah, it's definitely plastic. And everyone's sword. It's like, I, again, you don't want to be the person who's being like, oh, and then the props look bad. But it legitimately at a certain point was just like every sword is huge and not in a good way. Every yeah. sword looks funky. Like none of this is working. And you've got people who can't fight, cuts that aren't matching up. And like sometimes just shots of people just standing around in the middle of a fight, staring off yeah. in the distance. Well, that's the the the, the quote unquote cat fight mm-hmm. with uh, the guy who played Bluto uh, in Popeye and Robert Altman's I loved, Popeye. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> uh, that whole that whole fight scene was like, yeah, we get it. Yeah, Can we move this on. It's like I was like, oh, were these like glow wrestlers like that? <laughs> it's very possible. I didn't recognize them, and I loved Glow growing up, but yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised, like, you know, that, that there's some... Um, yeah, it was just like... It also didn't help that, like, every guard, everyone, let's just say everyone, gave Molasses 2x4 a fucking run for his money in acting. Like, it's just yeah. like the dead delivery of every line, where it's just like that part where they get trying to get Tarl, and, like, literally, they're just like, you, go there. Come here. Get that man. Like, it's just this, like, lazy delivery combined with that editing. The editing that at one point I was like, this is, take the editing scene we all complained about from Bohemian Rhapsody (laughs) (laughs) and times 100. Like, where it's just like, everything's not matching up in the exact way or there's weird edits that you're like, maybe, maybe I'll get, we'll give that they were covering up because it was cheap filmmaking, because they just, like, needed to cover their butts. But it is, like, also... Feels like should have had more money to it. Should have had more, I don't know, time put to it for being a gore novel or something. Um, yeah. So, something I also want to point out, at no point do they help anybody in this movie. No. Because when they're stowing away during that, uh, the the slave uh, chain gang, uh-huh. they make it harder for them to pull that stuff. Yeah, they're jerks. That scene felt like they were just being jerks. They find a slave gang and sneak into it just to get to an area that looks exactly the same as where yeah. they basically were before. And they, yeah, they're just making it harder for the slaves. And so, in theory, they're just helping out themselves, like to get their homestone. They're not really freeing people, they're just self for their selfishness to some extent. It's also frustrating to me that they go through this like lazy training process because they're like, we will, he will be our leader. We'll make Tarl into the barbarian. So they're like, all right, let's train him. And the training legitimately seems to just be them going, no, no, the head, good. Yeah. <laughs> like, and that's kind of it. And then in, in an afternoon, he's, good. he's done. It seemed it seemed like it was an afternoon at best. Because he even says, "You're a fast learner." <laughs> yeah. Well, that went quicker than I thought. Let's go get the son of Sarm, um, <laughs> my favorite serial killer. Son of Sarm. <laughs> I will say, t- I want to just mention uh, 
with Sarm, and we talked about it, but I, is it just me or, like, everyone's outfit is crazy, and clearly all of Sarm's outfit is, like, plastic, etc. Did it look like he had a skull of baby Rebo from, from Return of the Jedi mixed with the alien from Pod People? They're like, oh, like <laughs> yeah. potatoes. Like, right. what was that supposed to be, Frank? Exactly. <laughs> Is that well, the animals on gore? I that's something that gets explored in the other books. I mean, that's what I, there's just like I hope so. And maybe I'll have to do the yeah. research and maybe someone's read these gore novels and can tell us that all this stuff actually makes sense because like it's, it's what we are talking about. They just throw information at us and it's just like a mishmash of shit. Like I just realized like at one point they write the homestone is the spirit of our people. And I just okay. was like, okay. Yeah, I so, don't. Great. Well, apparently, it's, they had to circumvent the uh, the publishing place to make these movies because they had oh. they didn't want any movies being made. Okay, so I mean that vaguely actually makes sense a yeah. bit, you know, like the way they did this fucking thing. <laughs> um, yeah, because it is just like even when there was one part where they said, and even Marlinas, and then I would go, even Marlinas. Wait, who's Marlinas? And thank God they even explained. Because I was just like, what is going on with this information? But it also was like, I was wondering if because he's Oliver Reed. So they got Oliver Reed. This is like getting a big name. Like a Shakespearean actor. Do you think they just let him go off at times? Oh, yeah. Like, Because there's like... As sketch teachers and writers, there's heightening in things. And so when he was angry at the beginning... He says, he's like mixing, making all these proclamations. And at one point he does like a classic, like kind of Oliver Reedy speech. I'm like, maybe he made this up because it both sounds terrible and not where he's like, I want a hundred people and men, women, children, torture them, kill them, do some things to them. They always kind of peter out in, like, energy. And at one point he goes, uh, he's angry at all the people that escaped and about Tarlina and Tarl and Tarkus. (laughs) That's my favorite Emerson, like, in Palmer record is Tarkus. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love the Torkelsons. Oh, I love, oh, man. I love, (laughs) and I love the Bickersons, one of my favorite comic strips. Um, But, uh, and I love the Snorks. I'm surprised there wasn't just a, a fucking alien called Snork in this. Look, there's they're not just underwater Smurfs. They are not at all. They are something, and they are gore. Maybe that is what was on Oliver Reed's chest, was a Snork skull. Um, <laughs> but, like, at one point, Oliver Reed, he does a classic, and like you did before with the quiet whisper, he goes, I want them all killed! And then I was like, ooh. Or captured. I know. It's like, like what is it, guy? <laughs> yeah, you pulled back. And also, like, if I were just second in command, I'd be like, okay, I mean, I'd much rather capture than kill. I mean, I'm just right. saying, man. Just give me the option. I'll tell you, but whatever. He also has this weird, like, super whisper that, like, magic whisper that he gives his son to take the, the stone. But then he's like, go down there and tell my son those these orders. And it's like, didn't you just like communicate with him in a weird spiritual <laughs> right. way? I thought so too. <laughs> I mean, they give him some meaty stuff with his son being killed by Tarl by accident. Yeah, but then he like, there's no stakes to that whatsoever because we do see that he's upset. Right. But then when he gets Tarl to the the 
the his like uh you know Shang Shangri La or whatever you know right. uh, he doesn't show that he's angry. He's just like, hey, how about some uh, you know you get busy and here's some food. Here's I'm going to caress a man's cheek. <laughs> get ready for this. And we're gonna brand somebody's thigh. <laughs> It'll be I will brand fun. a shrine. There'll be a lot of food that has fruit stuck on it. It's like he's <laughs> forgotten all about the fact that he's killed his son. And he might have. I think he maybe took like one extra shot. And maybe in between scenes, they're like, you gotta, uh, Oliver, you're doing great. You gotta remember your son was killed by this guy. Yeah, yeah. of course. Of course I will. Real drink and eat. Be merry, my good son. This is my favorite scene. <laughs> <laughs> we will not change anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, it's just, oof, it's a wild ride. And so, yeah, it's like, Again, with information, there is just like at one point they just like gore is a harsh world. She breeds harsh people. Okay, there you go. Like I guess that's all we're gonna do for that information. Even explaining Smarm or Son of Smam, they like say like they explain what his deal is, and it's just in a again it's too much exposition and doesn't explain anything. They're basically just like, yes, Smarm was with us once, and he believed in what we do believe in and then he became king and he kind of became a jerk and now he doesn't and i was just like okay but what did you believe in what is the homestone you won't tell us any of this stuff you refuse to give us information instead you keep it light and airy and even with training tarl they're like the elder is like, I believe he is ready. He will be the one. And then he's whiny in like two seconds. And you're like, he wasn't ready. You knew it. What is going yeah. on here? Thought you were on watch. <laughs> Fucking whiny sunset strip that, shows up over oh here. Oh my god, that scene too. I was like, this is racist, right? It's got. It. I mean, it's. <laughs> it feels. I mean, please. <laughs> um, yeah, I think like also. <sighs> When Tarl at one point, this is just like random complaints. When he's like, Tarlina's getting into him, and yeah. he's and and she's like cold, and he's like, well, I'm not used to overnights in the desert. I mean, also, it's just like legit. You're wearing Nothing. half of the clothes that you <laughs> yeah. wore, right? Like you should be cold. It's cold in the desert. Like, yeah, you're right. Get your white shirt and your necktie. Like that'll help you a little bit. Uh, but it just, yeah, sure. You're not used to the overnights in the desert. Yeah, you just complain about that. Um, I just think, uh, you know, I guess it makes sense. The training was so short because everyone fights so terribly. So it doesn't matter anyways. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> I thought that scene, though, when uh, I thought it was going to be like Wet Hot American Summer where like she was going to offer the. It the, would have been. Yeah. Yeah. If, well, if they left, it lent into comedy at all. Like, that's the thing. They couldn't, that's where it's very canon. They couldn't decide, is this the fun of a fish out of water? Or is it just, now right. once he's barbarian, he's barbarian. Because it would happen every once in a while. Because, like, yeah, that scene was, like, half wet, hot American summer where where Michael Showalter's getting offered the sweater. Yeah. Uh, and it was, like, half, like, the beginning of going back to Dune, like, uh, uh, the beginning of when uh, uh, oh, I can't believe I'm blanking on her name, but Sean Young uh, is asking uh, Paul Atreides, like, tell me about the waters of your home planet, Usul. 
Like, you know, like it's like that uh, 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 element where it's supposed to be the beginning of a romance or something, maybe, or just the beginning of horniness. Or in the world of gore, maybe eventually Tarlina just being like, I'll be your slave. And I'm like, that gross. Uh, but also, like, at the end of the movie, we find out that her father sells her to Jack Palance. Is that what happened? I was asleep-ish at that point. So I'm glad I got you here, Frank, to explain that Apparently, to me. like, her owner, quote-unquote owner, sold her to Jack Palance. And then he's got, okay. like, that weird Playboy Grotto thing going on. <laughs> yeah, he does. It kind of looks a little bit like uh, 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 Hugh Hefner, uh, if you yeah. really put it. So that makes sense to me. Um, yeah, I, that's the, I mean, and that's the thing. If I'm vaguely understanding, if it is that the idea of gore is a sexual version of Robert E. Howard kind of believing in Conan that, like, the idea of barbarianism is actually how we should still be living, which is what kind of his deal was to some extent, that, like, if this philosopher was believing that, then I guess it's, like, a good thing? Like, Tar- is Tarlina supposed to think that's a good thing or a bad thing? That's the confusing part. I don't know. And I don't want to answer that question. Like, that's not a good question for me to want to even think about. Um, yeah, I, I just, uh, I mean, I that's a, felt, yeah. Here's the thing, Jeff. Also, what wasn't just what wasn't explored is that they were saying, "Oh, he's not like the other travelers," which meant right. that like they had people before from Earth come there. I would assume that it would have been his dad, too. And I thought Jack Palance was going to be his dad secretly because of the way that woman was looking at him like, hey, who's that? Yeah. And then I thought that, like, I thought it would have been funny, though, if we found out that, like, uh, his dad and Tila's dad were the same person. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I love, too, that you called her Tila. Or not Tila, yeah. But that's the thing. This is, like, Master of the Universe somehow has a better mythology than what is going on in gore. It makes more sense. Uh. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's, it's just like Talena or whatever. Yeah. Tarlina, I believe. Yeah. Cause that's where it's like uh, around the bar is when she was getting jealous too. And like, it was interesting. It was like the bar scene was around where my wife decided to go to bed. But right before that, she was like, I wasn't paying attention. Looked up. What is going on in this movie? And I tried to vaguely explain and I got confused trying to explain how any of it worked exactly it's all explained in the lyrics to groovy doll it is i mean we should have listened harder to that like when because when i'm sitting there going like i don't know there's gonna be a messy cat fight between some women slaves for a map to something that eventually it doesn't matter because they're gonna get hub or hut to help them hup to go in there and find it anyways and then in that cave there's gonna maybe be zombies for like two seconds that never go anywhere because they walk out a door and they're in shangri-la or whatever the fuck it was they're like oh we're here right and then he's like i told you i'd get you here but not get you in it's like but they got in right they did it that uh so that scene i was like why are we seeing from a point of view of something malevolent you know like you kept seeing like that like creepy like like peeping in, you know, kind of like of our heroes going through there. Yeah. And then there's that weird, like, there is no like patience whatsoever. Once they get to that town 
and they're at that au- that gross auction block where they're auctioning off the the female slaves, right? And then it's like all of a sudden it's like get them, and it's like what? Like there's no, it just yeah. all happens. It just happens. Yeah. Well, that it, that's a good that's a good summary. I mean, if you you'd said it before, then I'm really hearing it. It's like if you were like, what is the what is the plot device of this movie? It's like. There kind of is one. I guess this is Homestone, but really the summary is it just happens. Like yeah. everything just kind of, ha- it is like, it's the note when you've written like a like not great screenplay, you know? And you've written like the note that where you're just like, yeah, it kind of happened because the script got to this page. Like, yeah. I didn't really come up with a reason why, like, and then you're like, you're right. I should come up with a reason why they're going from here to here. Yeah, um, it's just like, they're like, I don't know. I just kind of have this as a placeholder and they never, they never finished it. Just being right. like, I just know I have to get from this point to this point, but like, I just kind of have it there. And, and it's like, Oh, you never the jokes it out. too. Right. Like you, like sometimes there'll be a joke that would come up out of nowhere. And I'm like, wait, is this the draft where it was going to be funnier? Like, or is like, like is hut. I know hut is kind of supposed to be comic Hup. relief. Hup, I will never get Smarm and Smiggle and Hup. Uh, but like, I know he's supposed to be the equivalent of like uh, uh, Conan's like friend in Conan the Destroyer, like where he's like a thief and like he also like that's like a classic sword and sandal character. He's like the comic relief thief. But like when he like goes in that dark cave and he's just like, I can't see anything in here and kind of bonks his head and then yeah. they never just like. It, you're not sure what he's talking, and then they're fine. They do see everything. His light is like, and like it's like kind of a joke, but not really. It's like- yeah, there's a lot of moments like that where just also it's of the '80s where they're just like, see, it's a little person, and that automatically funny, and you're supposed to think that's a joke, and it's like, yeah. no, fuck you, like that's yeah, exactly. so shitty. The <laughs> answer like, is no, it's no. not cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is just like, ugh, like because like that was the thing too. Is like I would look down or honestly be falling asleep at some point and then look up and be half confused of where they were when it also didn't matter. Like until like, or Oliver Reed would be there. And I'm like, Oh, and Oliver Reed's talking. And like you mentioned the slave auction. I forgot about the slave auction. And that be- yeah. it's because you just kind of all of a sudden are in a slave auction. Like, and all of a sudden Tarl is in the auction and then is, and it's just like, and then he's hanging out with Smarm and nothing seems to matter anymore. And maybe it's in, maybe it's a fucking orgy, but it's the lamest orgy ever. Yeah. And then they try to escape, but then they get captured again. And Oh, in that part where he's, uh, he asked the women to um, distract uh, the guard (laughs) when he, snaps that guard's neck he does it so many times and again this is me jeff being like no no if i were on set being like no you're gonna hurt that actor because he kept going he kept twisting his neck he did like four times like no you only had to do it once you're gonna actually hurt this guy that's because we know it's canon too man even if it's canon international we know that's got a low budget and that guy's neck is wrenched like he might still be suffering from like a herniated disc at some point yeah but they're trying to escape they get caught and then they get that fire pit thing, and uh, he throw. I was like, "Why is this woman all of a sudden part of their crew?" And then it's like, "Oh, because she's got to get killed first. And he does that pimp laugh, 
when he throws her in. He's like, oh. um, he turns to the Cat Williams for yeah. two seconds. She, she died. But then, like, then the best part of the movie happens. The only saving grace of this movie and the only cool part of this movie that actually had action and was cool was when he uh, shoots the arrow through his neck and he falls in through Oliver Reed's neck Crazy. into the fire pit. That's yeah. the only, only yeah. good scene that was executed well Yep, and that was cool where you're like, I didn't see that coming. I agree. And I think it's, and I get like, and, and I was like, oh, cool. You set up that he learned how to be good with their, like, blah, blah, blah. Like, great. It paid like, off. Yeah. Pay, you had a payoff. You never had a payoff yes. in this movie. You finally have a payoff. And, and the effect actually looked vaguely good. Yeah. And, and I, and, 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 but also with the structure of how this movie is, I was so surprised by it just because I was just like, Wait, how did we get here? Like, you know what I mean? Just because yeah, it was it like happened. a semi, it just happened. It did just happen. Because I was like, that's did the I thing fall this, asleep that's, longer? That's a catchphrase. It just yeah, happened. It just, go, welcome to gore. It just happened. Um, <laughs> that's like their, uh, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Yeah. Uh, gore. Visit it gore. Just it just happened. Um, but yeah, because like, I couldn't tell if I had fallen asleep for 30 seconds or like three minutes because like it felt like not too long before that was Oliver Reed just going off for a while. Like just like yeah. doing the like the whole little bit where he was mispronouncing Urgth. I know. It's like that's supposed to be a fun, funny scene. But yeah. From your planet. Urgth. <laughs> I would say my favorite scene in a weird way. I think I, my favorite scene film-wise is what you just said. I was happy that for the first time anything connected and it looked vaguely good and I was shocked a little bit. My favorite scene was the orgy scene because nothing, like like a lot of this movie, nothing lived up to what they were thinking it was. But I there's like one little part where, again, so weird when you're like, he killed your son, you seem to have forgotten it, but then he's just like, let me show you something. <laughs> and it's like, basically like, I've been dabbling with a little choreography. Like, I just want to show you a dance routine. That's <laughs> they, it. <laughs> dance routine starts and you are like, that's it? Uh, that's it. I guess it just happens. Like, why is this happening? And again, like, it's almost like Enter the Ninja when it's like, why is the dude from fucking uh, City of the Living Dead like fucking <laughs> making those people dance in his office pool? Like he's he's a rich guy dabbling with choreography. This guy is wants to be Paul Abdul as well and is fucking dabbling with choreography. And the whole time you're like, is it because you can't fully go into your sexuality? You're not able to truly embrace that you might be at least like you know fluid in your sexuality, yeah. like because you won't even commit to kissing this man slave. Instead, you just caress his cheek. So you cover that up by being like, "No, I'm a man, and I'm doing this dance over here with these ladies." Who again? Maybe they're naked. Maybe they're not. They're in these weird string bikinis that are always confusing. Um, yeah. Bring on the food and wine. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then he's like, "I've had enough. Now let's bring out the people to brand." You're like, what? We barely had time to enjoy this. And the idea, I forgot. Of, that's the crazy part. Is there also is so much at the same time that, like, I forgot he brought out that ultimate Sunset Strip groupie. 
yeah. who had the super teased hair. And he's like, yeah. Taffa. And I believe her name was Taffa. Again, Taffa. they're all the same. Taffa. Which was her real name. Yeah, yeah she was just Taffa. Uh, she shows up in uh, the Founder Skid the Row Slave to the Grind video, um, <laughs> where there's still a little bit more hair metal than you think they are. Um, but uh, uh, so he, and he's like, prepare to please our guests. And I was like, ew. Like, because yeah. that one was the closest to like, am I going to watch her give a belly BJ like we watched? I thought so too. I thought that was going to happen. Law. And it probably does happening in, happen in the book. I would imagine, yes. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, like then they're kind of hanging around drinking Kool Aid, like, and like everyone vaguely going up to the buffet after the bring around the food and wine. Like, and everyone is like lackadaisically eating from the food, like they're at a fucking buffet at Flash yeah. Dancers. Like, when you're like, we've got all the claims casino you could want at Dante's Palace. Um, oh, yeah, you know that we've got some snow crab legs. <laughs> You're gonna see the hottest piece of ace while you're eating the base snow crabs in Jersey. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I forgot that they were gonna brand Tarlina, and then I thought he branded Scarlack in the dick. And I was realized it was in his stomach, but son no, of Scarm, stomach, yeah. right? I thought it was a dick move though, and I was Should've but also. Yeah, Oliver Reed sticks his tongue out in the funniest way. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> just, just letting Reed be Reed and all of these scenes. But like, that's why I loved all that shit. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, and then every all of a sudden like, they're back. They were. They just like they got the blow mold, three D printer. <laughs> Spirit of Carab Carabara or Carabra yeah, Cor- or Caraba, yeah. Uh, the Chris spirit Caraba. of Chris Carabas, yeah. <laughs> they got the spirit of Dashboard Confessional, uh, and Plain White Tees is the other one they got to get. Um, and so yeah, like then, that's where I really felt. So- and yeah, he got a fucking the fire in the neck was great. And then after all that, it was again back to just anticlimactic. Bullshit. I just was just like, all right, Jack Palance is here now. He's and creepy he, peeping on them making love and Yeah, man, he's creepy peeping. He's he's wearing a sweater tied around his neck. <laughs> uh I'll also say this. I at the time I mentioned I kept falling asleep. I remember that I was writing notes and falling asleep at the same oh, no. time. I just wrote times. Jack Balance looks like he is wearing sweater tied around neck like a Yubi. I don't know what that could be. And I definitely noticed it and said, ah, I'll figure it out later. Um, <laughs> and then he ended up just so all of a sudden, anticlimactically, he's back. Yeah, because he like gets conf- like, he's like, I wonder. And he just like, (laughs) it's like, you idiot, you know that you got here in a weird way. And if you're in love with this, you know, woman you just made love with, and you're just like, basically, he's just, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, a pump, one pump chump, and then just like, you know, you know, and then he's like, he just puts his ring, you know, his little, uh, you know, uh, green lantern ring in there. (laughs) And he ends up back into his college thing where all of a sudden he attacks a student. (laughs) 
tax a student. He's gotten the balls now to be the jerk he needs to be in the world. He is now matching up to his name, Tarl, and just being a dick to everyone. (laughs) And it was sleep in my class. (laughs) Fuck you. Get over here. I'm telling you about the history of Gore. Super aggressive now. Oh God! He becomes just an alpha male dick. Oh yeah, he he yeah. shaves his head and he wears those super tight shirts, and then he Dude. starts like he gets a goatee. Dude, Tarl's <laughs> into QAnon. You know that. Oh like, yeah, he's, you know he's yeah. totally. He's you just, know that guy. You know that guy. You know that fucking guy. But he's yeah, got so- paper plates. He's got on his BMW. <laughs> you know, you know that guy. Paper plates and a BMW, baby. Uh, but yeah, it. I did wonder. I did legitimately write down. Wait, did he get to bone? I hope he bone. I mean, for all of the sexiness, quote unquote, of that this movie. That would be so funny if they just got naked and he's like, hold on. <laughs> hey, I know I got half a chubs over here, but I, I got me an idea. And then all of a sudden, boom. Yeah, he's back at home. And he's like, son of a. <laughs> just like <laughs> fucking blue balls in it up. Back on what earth. He came back because he came, he came there with his clothes. Does that mean that when he put his ring in, he came, he went back to the college naked? God, I hope so. I hope he came back naked and subjugating a woman, just like he learned on gore. The only way that people want to exist is by subjugating women. Um, yeah, and then and then yeah, then all of a sudden. I was just like, oh, we're back at Gore, and that's. I, I'm glad that you're semi aware of Outlaw of Gore. I mean, I imagine that Palance came back. Uh, I do think it is kind of interesting and bold to set up a pretty big, you know, here is the big bad for the you know next movie. Um, but I also, it's a weird one where uh, like. They'd set up for the next one, but I didn't because I was kind of half paying attention and didn't care anymore and was tired and falling asleep. Like, I'm glad you saw the thing maybe about him selling, getting sold or Tarlina was sold as a slave. But like, I didn't really know who he was, I guess is what I'm saying. Like, I knew he was going to be our big bad. And all of a sudden he went from wearing a sweater around his neck to wearing like mini Galactus outfit. Uh, (laughs) Right. Galactus meets uh, Hugh Hefner uh, wearing a robe in the grotto, but I don't know what he's gonna be. I don't know. Like, uh, does this guy, do you have any idea if what's his name comes back, Tarl, or is it a different guy? It's it's the same guy. It is Tarl, but yeah. we haven't met his comic relief? We did not. It, the, the, the new movie starts very weird, or the sequel starts very weird in that they're at a bar, and his horny friend is like, come on, how come I never see you with women? And then he's like, I told you, I, you know, I'm just not interested. And then he has flashbacks, which basically rehash the first movie. Then he's back at the bar and then he's like, hey, let's go to another place. And then uh, the friend's like, let's go to another place. And then they're in the car and there's a rain and they get in an accident and then they get transported back to uh, wherever the fuck. Gore. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, weirdly, I don't know. After all is said and done, I'm now vaguely excited to see what the hell they do in this sequel, knowing it's going to be garbage yeah. too. But I love that it's definitely one you've seen. You've been punished and I haven't. Um, well, like I said, you know, it was it was house with the MST3K thing. So it was enjoyable in that sense. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know. It, it, the, what, the la- one of the last things I wrote was just the words, please be over. 
So <laughs> yeah. I think that's a good summary of gore. I mean, I don't, I, I mean, it, it is, I don't know. Do we have anything else we didn't get to? Is there I anything just, you noticed? I just wrote down that the ring sounds like a ELO song. Like, you know, it was like, oh, wah, 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 wah. It does. I like that. Uh, yeah. The beer was That's called it. Pogus. That's all I've got. Like it, uh, calling it Pogus was just like, whatever, another weird name. Um, and so much, so much chit chat. That's the main thing. I think there's so much chit chat in this movie. It's the oh, matching yeah. up of what you said of like, hey, can you stick this in my bag? Like when they were walking through that barter town and going to the bar. Yeah. There's so much just like dicking around talking and there's just a lot of, yeah. Even when Jack Palance shows up at the end and they're like, that lady keeps looking back at him. Like even that takes for fucking ever. And yeah. it's like, I hope that people listening to this aren't like, I hope that this episode was enjoyable because we were like, we just obviously did not love this. I mean, it's, I wouldn't say it's pirates level bad, but it's, no. it's pretty, it's just, it's just flat. It's just boring. It's a totally watchable movie in the most flat yeah. way possible. But Pirates is just garbage made yeah. and offensive. It's as hard a movie. to get through, yeah. And hard to get through. This isn't hard to, I mean, this is it is just legitimately if you're if you've never watched it and you've listened to us go the whole way and gotten this far, um, it is uh it's MST3K level. Like if you can watch those movies, then you'll totally yeah. find it fine. Um there was a legitimacy where I was like, man, I I, I, I want to check in if uh, Gabrus has ever watched gore. Because yeah. I'd be like, just interesting. I know he's such a sword and sandals sort of guy. And like, yeah. I want to know if he, I might even reach out just like to see, just because like, I'd love to know if he read the books and what is taken. Because it's just, I can't fathom anyone who really loves this genre doesn't think it's just flat. It's just like yeah. flat. And it's exactly what we decided on. And I think is... A good uh, uh, kind of differentiation is just like it's not low budget; it's cheap, and it feels cheap yeah. throughout the whole thing. Um, gore, it just happened. Gore, it just happens. Um, yeah, I mean, ultimately, like I, I, you know, fuck it. If you're if you listen to all of our episodes, you're not gonna be hurt by watching gore. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, not at all. I still stand by it. There's only one movie we've ever watched, and it's Pirates, where I'm just like, fuck it. Like, I, yeah. fuck watching this. I think another, uh, I believe even with Pirates, uh, a, 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 a Canon Patreon member, Rob, reached out and let us know he was watching it and that he stopped it yeah. halfway through because he was just like, I can't do I this. I can't do it, yeah. And I get it. We only did it because we had to. We did the work for you, and I hope you enjoy that whole episode and because that's going to be more enjoyable than watching it. Uh, I think this will be more enjoyable than watching Gore. Uh, yeah. you we can be your Tom Servo and Crow. It's about the same length, so just put it on. You're not gonna yeah. miss anything. This is gonna honestly. be a commentary track, even though it, it goes off, you know, like in different. Yeah, it's if our Patreon yeah, becomes even more of a thing, like I would consider doing a commentary track for Gore. Absolutely, Gore is in a different way. Like this is it. It's always more. It you know, it's it's fun to have uh, someone to chime in, but like. I love talking about it after, but this is one of the first ones where I was like, if me and Frank were able to watch this in real time, that would be a fun one. Like, it would be fun yeah. to just be like together, just be like, what? I know. It's going yeah, on I and agree. like address issues while it's happening. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Gore. It's happening. It just happened. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, out of uh, 10 cannons, Frank, what cannon does this cannon? We give it a four. Yeah. 
it's different than a it's a four or yeah, three i'm gonna give really it a four canon. i'll go equal it's, yeah i feel like this was like this could have been from any kind of low budget studio like it doesn't have a canon feel to me you know what i mean no. like it's just missing because like even with like the quote-unquote erotic oh when they get to the the palace i did think i was like what is this toby hooper's night terrors because with the music and everything <laughs> uh-huh but yep. like it really didn't feel like canon that much to me at all no i think that's another reason it was like kind of disappointing it's yeah i agree like i i, I just it, it it felt like i don't know pick any tiny production company that existed for one movie yeah um, I don't know. It, it it's not a canon film, really. It's just it definitely is. It's not even necessarily even a canon international. I bet you it was just like a cheap purchase, and they were hoping that there was enough of a carryover of sword and yeah. fantasy love, and that gore was a big enough seller that the attachment and Oliver Reed and Jack yeah. Palance. So that's like that's the most that's giving it the extra points is having people past their prime showing it up felt in something more like a movie of the week, like made for TV movie of the week type yeah. of thing. Yeah. If you're trying to make a erotic BDSM movie into a movie of the week, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. what happens is gore. Gore, <laughs> it just happens. Yeah, man. Uh, well, I mean, either way, I'm glad we've seen it. Can't wait to watch yeah. Outlaw of Gore. <laughs> but uh, we hope you enjoyed this. Uh, Frank, where can people find us? You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at the Canon Canon. The second Canon has one in. You can also find us at patreon.com backslash the Canon Canon and the second Canon has one in. And so I am going to say I'm Jeff Garlock and I'm Frank Garcia Hale. And this is the, the Canon Canon. Most interesting.